You're listening to Intentional Optimists, the podcast for unconventional leaders, where you'll find inspiration, learn to discover and develop your own strengths, and hear from inspiring women just like you who are making a difference in their community. Who knows, you just might find yourself stepping up as the next unconventional leader right where you are. I'm your host, Andrea Johnson, the original Intentional Optimist. When I started my business, especially the online portion, I didn't even know where to start other than listening to some really famous, really successful people already in that space. The problem is that the advice I received from those really successful people was based on where they were in the process. I didn't have any entrepreneurs in my circle, let alone female entrepreneurs. And while I tried to create my own community, little did I know, that's a job all by itself. I wish I had known today's guest back then. As a candlemaker turned tech founder, Inbal Claudio's passion for networking with women entrepreneurs has led her to create the Like-Minded Collective, a social media platform for dreamers, creators, and female founders. Her mission is to make sure every single female founder, no matter what stage of business they're in, knows how incredible they are and has the support they need. Sound like your kind of community? Well, stay tuned for this encouraging conversation with my new friend, Inbal. Hello, Inbal. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. Thanks. As I shared in our little green room, if you want to call it that, I love calling it that. It makes it sound really um, mm-hmm. nazzy, right? Um, before we started recording, you do what I kind of had a vision for doing. Um, you've created community for women in a way that has us all very excited. So for those who may not know you yet, could you give us a little bit of your background and what you do and why you do it? Sure. So I am originally from Israel. At a very young age, I moved to California um, with my parents. And aside from about four years, my husband was in the Marine Corps. We lived in North Carolina for four years. Aside from that, I've been in Orange County and we're back. We moved back. So super excited about that. Um, I have two little girls and currently six months pregnant with a little boy. Well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and yeah, I've, I've long story short, I've basically been a workhorse since I was 16 years old, having one to two jobs at a time, um, really focusing on my job more so than school sometimes, but I still got a four-year degree, which is great. Um, and yeah, just kind of worked my way up in the restaurant industry, became a manager, um, got my real estate brokerage license, started a brokerage, realized that was not for me and went to go work for a, um, commercial development company for about a year and a half. And that's when I met my husband and, um, eventually moved cross country. We started a candle company. I say we, but it was me. Um, I started a candle company and was doing really, really well, was doing in-person shows, um, rebuilt it in North Carolina when we lived there. And then my daughter was born and I realized like, hi, I have to transition from in-person shows to online sales. And I never really marketed my business. It was all in-person. And I just didn't know how to learn how to do that. I didn't know who to ask. People were asking for so much money. These platforms were charging. There was so much misinformation. And I'm like, there has got to be a place for people (laughs) to learn how to connect and network and build relationships and um, build their business. So that's where I got the idea for Like Mind Collective. I had the idea about three years ago. So it's called? 
like-minded collective like-minded collective and um just as a disclosure when i when you reached out for an interview like we we use podmatch which is another one of those great platforms and i just i'm sitting over here giggling about how you said all these platforms they charge all this money and i'm like yes they do and it might be that you can get a ten dollar here and a twelve dollar there and a fifteen dollar here and a twenty dollar there but when you start adding those up for a brand new business owner you need some you need a little bit of capital there i mean it doesn't sound like much but what if it's $10 a month here and $20 a month there? And then all of that adds up. And there are ways to do things that don't necessarily cost a lot of money. Um, but like-minded collective is free. Yes. It's free. Yeah. So, and yeah, for I mean, disclosure, I'm a problem. member. Yeah. The problem too is that when there's early stage founders, they don't know where to spend their money, right? You can't spend your money on Podmatch until you have a brand, a business, you kind of know what you want to talk about. You have an expertise, you can make connections. And also there's, you don't know, you know, if the ROI is going to be worth all these investments. So you can spend 10, 20, you know, sometimes platforms are 200, 500, a thousand coaches, masterminds. I mean, the list goes on and on, but having a free platform to join to kind of get access to people who have been in your shoes is where the real value is, where you don't have to pay for people to give you advice. You can ask like, Hey, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Have you seen this? Or I'm looking for a brand strategist, or I'm looking for a web designer. Or, I'm looking for a podcast connection website. Do you guys have any recommendations? It's mm. just a place for women founders to get information and feel supported by, um, in a genuine way without having to pay an arm and a leg. Yeah. So to define for me a woman, uh, a female, what's a woman founder? So essentially somebody who starts their own business. So there's a lot of quote unquote women entrepreneurs who maybe do some sort of network marketing um, for other people's businesses or other people's products. But we really try to focus on founders where you are promoting your own business because the stressors of starting your own business are completely different than somebody who is promoting a product that's not what they came up with, where you get assets, you don't have to ship anything. You basically are a salesperson versus a founder. So we really want to focus on founders, influencers, um, because they're also entrepreneurs, they're building their own brand and aspiring entrepreneurs. So anybody who has an idea, who's like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to do. Um, we love aspiring entrepreneurs. I love this. And what's interesting is that I have called myself all of those things <laughs> at, at, while being an executive coach and a trainer and a speaker and a podcaster and a course developer, but I'm also the founder of Intentional Optimism. And so when I saw the language in your website, I was like, I think she's speaking my language <laughs> because it is a personal growth lifestyle. So it's not like I, I'm, I am a Maxwell leadership certified coach. And I do teach John Maxwell principles and I do, can I, I can teach his books. I can teach masterminds. I coach that way but I have my own stuff that I came up with. And so there's this tightrope to walk sometimes between the things that might sell and then really putting my own stuff out there. 
Um, Brendan Burchard uses the term influencer all the time for anybody who comes up with their own IP, with somebody who comes up with something like intentional optimism, and then wanting to be able to um, to make sure that you get the, the message out there. So um, to know that influencer is not necessarily used in the way that a lot of people think of an internet influencer or an Instagram influencer to be. Um, now, it might be that that's exactly what you're talking about, but it feels a little different. It feels just right in my wheelhouse for people who come up with not necessarily a product for you to buy, but also a service for you to buy or an idea for you to buy. Does that make sense? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's it really is for anybody who's trying to grow as a brand themselves. And like, I could be quote unquote considered an influencer because I have a following, right? So mm -hmm. anybody who has a following who people will take their advice because they've created themselves, they've put themselves as in an expert position, right? Mm -hmm. Um, or they're an expert at something and people value their opinion. So 100%. I mean, influencers, there's the definition is all across the board because yeah. initially when people thought influencers, it's like, oh, like fashion, lifestyle fitness, you know, they don't really have their own business, but all these influencers are now starting their own businesses. They're building apps, they're doing workout apps, mm -hmm. they're, you know, building out wardrobe um, brands. I mean, they're doing so many things. So bathing suit companies, they're just, they're building brands based on their past following. So it's, yeah. it's great. And their passion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's based on their passion, which I think is lovely. This is also for, for women. It's only for women. I know. <laughs> only for women. <laughs> it's like it's an exclusive club. It's awesome. And um, you know, I think that I I've said one of the reasons why this podcast is called Intentional Optimists, Unconventional Leaders is because I think women lead differently. Women do business differently. We we uh I had a financial planner on here who said that women actually make better investors because we don't invest with emotion, we invest with our brains. Um, mm -hmm. because we don't have to win. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, that's the first time I've heard it explained that way. Because mm -hmm. I think women, and tell me, you know, you can give me your spin on this and or what your thoughts are on it. But I see women as not necessarily inherently being in it to win over someone else. We're inherently in it to just make everything better, to just do better. And I think we're better at lifting each other up rather than competing. And it's when we get lost in that competition that we have problems. Yeah. I mean, that's why I made the platform free. Yeah. I had, I actually got on a call with a girlfriend of mine and I told her, I was like, you know, I was charging a subscription. Um, and then I just felt so inundated with like stress from who subscribed, who canceled, why this, why that, like all around the money issue. When my initial why for starting the business is to make early stage founders feel like they matter. Like they're also people. And I was like, the only way that I can get back to my why is to take the money out of the equation. And I made the whole thing free. And she told me, she's like, if you were just you, if you didn't have your husband, would you charge? And I'm like, I don't know. I would maybe get a full-time job and still keep this oh, free. Yeah. This is your <laughs> you obsession. Know? This is your passion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there I am going to monetize. And I think when this podcast comes out, um, I will have subscription options, but the platform will always remain free. The yeah. platform will be 100% free. And I want people to always have that resource um, because it's very important to me 
So yeah, it, it is 100%. Like you said, like women just want to make things better. I've had people tell me with, cause I'm looking for an investment, um, that I should reach out to men investors and I should come up with a plan to exit and all these things when I don't really want to do that. You mm-hmm. know, I love this business. I want to stay in it. And as long as I can, um, I don't have any plans to eventually sell it and make billions of dollars. So it is different. Yeah. And, you know, there are plenty of women who do have that drive to build a business, sell it and build another business and sell mm-hmm. it. It's just a different kind of founder. It's a different kind of business. It doesn't mean, though, that it that there's anything wrong with either type. And we just need to remember that there is no one definition. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the, whole, the whole thing is you can do whatever you want, right? The whole point is to not listen to people who give you advice that you're not open to where people told me, even from the beginning, you should charge so much more. You should charge so much more. And I'm glad that I didn't go that route because what I started like-minded as is completely different than where I'm at now. And I'm so happy with where I'm at now because I decided to follow my gut instead of listening to people who wanted me to just charge, you know, $300 a month for something like this. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talk about that as if it's, as if there's something wrong with following our gut or our intuition or whatever it is that 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 other sense that we have that we need to do something that that is in line with who we are and i talk a lot about core, core values and clearly this is touching on a core value for you it's i mean you said my initial ultimate why is making early stage founders feel like they matter that's a big deal because it's it's like a black hole really out there so um so thank you for doing it <laughs> Well, there's the thing is there's millions of women who feel lost and confused and like nobody wants to talk to them because they're not going to hire a thousand dollar coach, but they will eventually get there. They just need the stepping stones and the people to support them to get there. You know, some may, some may not, but the whole point is that the statistics of women who fail in business or close their business down is so high. Mm-hmm. In five years, 70% of women entrepreneurs will have shut down their business. And a lot of that has to do with funding, resources, support, you know, yeah. a lot of it has to do with that. So if there's a way that I can prevent some of those from shutting down, I will do that. I had a woman who actually was telling me, cause I used to do monthly workshops and now I do weekly workshops. Mm. And she said, there's been so many times where I just wanted to quit my business, but I got on the weekly workshop and the support from other women is what kept me going. And I'm like, that is exactly why I have this, you know, because her business is so incredible. It needs to keep going, but it's hard when you're a solo founder and you have so many outside issues going on in your life to shut down your business and to be like, I can't do this anymore because you're in your own head, right? You need other women to support you. And if you want to shut down your business, that's totally fine. But if you're not ready to, and you're kind of unsure, you get in a room with people who support you. That's all you need. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Um, And on the platform, you offer these kinds of things. And we'll talk about this more in depth and in detail um, when we do our guest speaker series, because um, that'll give people an opportunity to kind of live and in person say, even opportunity to ask questions like, how do I get there? What do I do? And But the offerings are, there's something every week, there's something at least every week, and then there's different um, kind of 
workshops and um, training opportunities each month. And um, it's very clear. They come to my inbox. I know what's going on. So, um, and, and, you know, if you don't want to get in the special, into the special uh, online forum, you can just go straight to the Facebook group, but it's all included. And um, it's just, it's really, really, really good. I'm excited about it. So I'm excited to see where you go with this. So you've been doing it for three, how long has it been open? So I launched 10 months ago. I came up with the idea three years ago. Um, My husband, like I said, was in special operations. And so he deployed for six months. And that's when I started building my business. My daughter and I moved back to California to live with my parents. And I started working on this, um, yeah, like two and a half years ago. Mm. So it took a while to launch. It took two years to launch. (laughs) Um, Well, that's a lesson in itself too. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of wisdom to be had here, ladies, if you're listening. And um, I know she looks young, but she's got a lot of wisdom coming out of that head right now. So um, so tap into it for sure. So let's actually go back and talk about you as a young girl. Um, I know that, I mean, I grew up internationally and I know that sometimes with international travel comes different kinds of experiences and different kinds of leadership opportunities and being in a new country, et cetera. I'd be very curious to know if that played into it or not, but I love to talk to women about their earliest leadership memory. At what point can you look back and say, ah, that's, that's in ball as a leader. Um, you know, it's very sad to say that I felt very, like I got made fun of a lot growing Mm. up and I felt very insecure. Um, I have a, a unique name, right? I don't want to say weird, (laughs) unique, um, but kids are mean. And so it was not easy growing up. And I think that's why I like jumped head first into work when I first was able to get a job at 16, because I was so good at it. And I, that was kind of like my first leadership role. I started to like move up in the ranks and I was able to help, you know, with, um, I don't know if you guys, you're familiar, East coast doesn't have it, but in and out burger. So like they treat them. Oh, everybody knows in and out. Burger. Everybody knows I actually, so- just for a little side note, I actually lived in Los Angeles for a, almost a year, uh, right oh. after college, I went to work for a Christian record company and I lived in, uh, Burbank and worked in Chatsworth. So if you're knowing that that's quite the drive around the one oh one, And, um, so I am familiar with in and out burger. And yes. one thing that I am actually kind of happy about is I, I missed, I missed Carl's jr. More than I missed in and out burger. <laughs> I needed those fried zucchini. Um, but, um, anyway, so, uh, tell us, yes. In and out, you worked at in and out burger. Yeah. So I worked at in and out for five years until I turned 21 and I realized that I could leave and make tips cause I was 21 years old, but it was okay. a great, it's like a family owned, um, burger restaurant chain and they treat their employees very well. The managers are taken care of. And so I always asked for more opportunity, um, I ended up traveling with them and helping them open new stores and training and all that stuff for about a year. But that was kind of my first leadership experience where it was like, I have responsibility. I get to do things that other people don't. Um, I've always been really good at math. And so I was doing a lot of like the money stuff and, um, helping out in every way that I could. And so I loved that. So when I started to get a job in the restaurant industries, First as a hostess, then a server, then a bartender, Mm -hmm. then eventually a GM, 
I always like always ask for more responsibility. So when I was a server, I was like, Hey, can I learn how to bartend just in case you need bartenders to fill in? And so they taught me how to bartend for free. Then I found a bartending job somewhere else and things like that, where I would kind of take on as much as I could. I'd always give in for or, um, my opinions on like how to increase sales, how to bring more people in, how to put on events and marketing and things like that. Um, and I loved it because I loved the feedback. You can see more people showing up, more excitement, more sales, more tips. Um, so it was really cool to be a part of that. So I just ask you, uh, many of us do not feel comfortable sharing our opinion like that. And I love how you said, I was always willing to share my opinion on what we could do better. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever get pushback on that? Always. <laughs> <laughs> I think, which is why I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I 100% did. And I think because I wasn't treated very well by my peers growing up. Mm. And once I kind of, you know, got more confident in myself, I didn't let people talk down to me anymore. Mm. So I always gave my opinion, whether it was good or bad. Like I got fired for insubordination um, and then asked to come back because they fired the horrible manager that fired me. (laughs) And it was, it was something that I just never held back on because then I would be in my own head, you know? Um, So I would always give my opinion. Some was taken, some was not. The managers and the owners that I worked for were not the best people either, which is also why I was like, I just need to do my own thing. Yep. And it just taught me personally, like how to treat people and how to lead people and how to have people work for you that they actually like care about you and your business, because it's so easy to make people feel like they, they matter, right. Their opinions matter. And so many people have such a hard time doing that. And I just never understood why. Just this idea, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like my best friend and I used to say, if we could rule the world, right? And it's, we don't, I don't even need to rule the world. I just needed to rule me. And I just needed to say, I, I want to be able to do something better. And I love what you said here. It gave you the ability to learn how to treat people, how to lead people and how to help other people care about your business because you were the owner, right? And the In-N-Out Burger owners taught you how to care about their business, right? But these other restaurant people were just employees and they weren't truly invested. So what is it that you learned about helping people care about your business? How do you help people learn to be invested in what you do? I think it all boils down to one simple thing. You just need to listen to people. Mm -hmm. And I think it just, if you actually listen to what people have to say, because a lot of people don't listen, right? They may hear and like, I'll give you a perfect example that I saw one time that like made me so annoyed. I went to this really nice restaurant and I was sitting there. It was before they opened. I ordered food to go. And then this, she was obviously a manager. She had like all of her papers sitting at one of the tables and she was, you know, doing stuff. And one of her employees came to talk to her and her employee was behind like a wall. Um, and she was talking to her like a half wall so she could see her. And the manager did not even once turn around to look at her when she was talking. Mm. And I thought it was so rude 
when somebody's talking to you, like this girl is clearly trying to have a conversation with you and your back is turned towards her the whole time. And it was things like that, where now this employee feels like she doesn't matter because you can't even give her the just eye contact that a normal human being deserves. And how do you expect that she's going to work hard for you and your business and care about like, that's just so rude. Um, so it's little things like that where all you need to do is just be a decent human being and like, listen to somebody. And it's so easy, (laughs) but so many people just have the hardest time doing that. Well, and even in the example that you've given, you know, I always go back to my tenets of intentional optimism. It's this whole idea that my time is everything about what I'm doing is so precious, (laughs) you know, and it's like, I get the reports are, I know you need to know what's going on. I know that you're focused and somebody's interrupting you, but people are always more important. And if you can be present for 20 seconds in the moment for that employee, it will make all the difference in the world. Eye contact just like you said, breaks down so many barriers. It's one of the reasons I record on Zoom. I want to see your face. I want to know, I want to know how what I'm saying hits you and how I want to know what the tone of your voice means by seeing your face when you say it. And I think we lose that, especially if we're not willing to meet people, even just being present and being generous with our time for 20 to 30 seconds, right? And um, was it the best way for the employee to do that? No, my son, you've got littles. Mine is going to be 14 at the end of this week. And um, so he will take a shower and all this stuff. (laughs) And then we're watching TV. It's like we're watching the news and we're watching the shows that we're like, I don't think you should watch this yet. (laughs) And so he'll come to the, we're in the basement. And so he'll come to the top of the stairs and open it and just start talking without like, you know, it's just, we can hear the door open and he'll start to mumble, but it's like, we haven't even had time to hit the mute button. <laughs> yeah. So I'm teaching him to come down and get our attention before he starts speaking, just because this is good social awareness for him, right? Mm-hmm. It's really, really good way to communicate. But at the same time, we always stop to hear what he has to say. It's just yeah. a matter of do So it's like, it's a two-way street. Yeah. But this manager was out in the open. She yes. wasn't like in an office. No. So she was obviously like, you could just come and talk to her. Um, so it's like, if you're doing something that important, go into an office and close your door. Exactly. I mean, so it's it, our body language matters, how we communicate matters. And I love how that has, it sounds like this has kind of shaped your mindset um, for the way you do business. Yeah. I mean, it honestly shapes the way that I just deal with people in general, like any sort of conversation, um, whether it be a user on my platform or somebody who reaches out an email or um, my developer that I hired, who I went through four different developers. The one I have now is amazing, but it's just with everything, how I just give people respect. You know, I show up for Zoom meetings, which a lot of people don't even know how to do that. Um, (laughs) you know, if I have to cancel, I give a reason I, you know, things happen. Like I'm a mom, I have little kids, but I always explain. So, Mm -hmm. um, which has only happened a couple of times, but you have to approach situations in the way, you know, it really is like treat people how you want to be treated. Right. Is that what it boils down to? There it is. We call it the platinum rule, right? We have the golden rule treat others the way you want to be treated. Well, actually that's the golden rule to be treated. But then the platinum rule is treat others how they want to be treated, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, and I think what you're describing is 
you start with how you want to be treated, but the way, what you're describing is, you know, others want respect. So you want to treat them with respect. And yeah. I think that's what you're, you're doing that um, in practice. And I think that it makes all the difference in the world. When people feel that respect from us, they will, they will automatically give it back. Yeah. 100%. I have an affiliate program and like, I tried to give my affiliates so much love and support and reshare and like really care about them as people. Cause they're also business owners. And it shows because most of the people that sign up are from my affiliates. So they're mm. sharing about my business because I share about theirs. Mm. So it just, yeah. you know, it goes all across the board, all across business. I think you just need to treat people with respect and listen and kindness. So you shared at the very beginning a little bit of how you did this switch from candle maker <laughs> to uh, online platform developer, um, tech entrepreneur. Um, what was the moment? Was it, can you kind of go back to that moment where you, I mean, you said it was when your daughter was born, maybe go in a little bit more depth with that. Um, because a lot of the women that listen to to this are are young professionals who either have had to go back to work. I mean, I personally couldn't quit my job when my son is adopted, but I couldn't quit my job. So I was fortunate to be able to work from home for a while, but I had to still go back to work and had to still figure things out. What was that moment for you that kind of said, I need to step up in a different way. I have these needs. I know other people have these needs. Yeah. So I said that the platform pivoted a bunch from where it was to where it is now. And initially I thought, you know, I'm going to do influencer marketing. I'm going to make an influencer marketing platform because influencer marketing platforms charge $500 a month on average. Um, and I couldn't afford that as a candle maker. And so basically I said, you know, I know that there are millions of women who need this and I need this. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to start to build it. Um, like quote unquote, how hard could it be? <laughs> and, um, famous last words, Sure. but you know, I just, I just knew that I had to do it. There was never even a question of like, should I, should I not like, it was like, I'm going to do it. This is my idea. I started brainstorming like on a note app in my phone. Um, I got super excited. Started talking to my husband about like names, what we should call it. I got an Instagram. I got a website, started like trademarking. I mean, I went the whole nine yards within like 24 hours. Um, wow. cause I just knew that it had to happen. So, so you started off with like, like, I'm sorry, I was talking over you. What did you say? I said, but that's kind of how I approached everything in business. If I have an idea, I just go for it. I don't really dwell much. That's, that's a gift. Not all of us have that ability and that's a real gift. I mean, we can develop the ability, but that's a real gift to be able to do that. Um, so with, did it start with like-minded collective? Is that, is that the name you started with? Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why was, well, it started with like-minded, but there's a million businesses like-minded something. And so I had to add something. And so I added collective, but I just wanted like-minded women who were on the same business path, who didn't know where to go. And it was just that, you know, who didn't have a budget, who still wanted to connect. And then I realized I'm not only working with small businesses and brands, I'm working with influencers too, because there's influencers who have 10 followers, a hundred followers that everybody's in their ears saying, you need 10,000 followers in order to have a collaboration, which is so false Yeah, because 
there's businesses who want to collaborate with people who have a hundred followers who don't, who can't pay. So mm. an exchange of services an exchange of goods is where you have to begin. But those people couldn't find each other because Instagram has a horrible search function. Facebook has a horrible search function mm-hmm. and it's such a waste of time. Yeah. So that was another reason why I wanted to create a completely um, custom platform from scratch is because I wanted to be able to create that search feature that nobody else had keyword search, industry search, location search, money search. So if you can only afford $10, if you can afford $0, how much you charge so people can really collect, connect with the people that fit their business needs. That's what I wanted to do. And so it started off as an influencer marketing platform. But then I realized I have the influencers and I have the small businesses, but the small businesses need to grow somehow. And Mm -hmm. so that's when the service providers kind of came into the mix. And I realized all these women were early stage and needed tactics and strategies to grow. So let me add the workshops. And then it just became such an incredible community of friends who were like connecting in person and friendships were being formed and podcast interviews are being swapped. And it was just such an incredible community that I was like, you know what? It's not an influencer marketing platform anymore. It can be used as that everything still exists, but we added a community feed. I basically said, you know, I want to be a social networking platform. I want to be like Facebook meets LinkedIn only for women and only based around kindness. Like mm-hmm. if you say one negative word, I will delete your account. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, you know, no spam, no um, restrictions, no algorithms. You can promote about your business. You can talk about your business. You can talk about the course you're launching, do freebies, ask questions, put inspirational quotes out there, um, ask for referrals, ask for, you know, recommendations. It's just a one-stop shop for women to connect. And so when I made the transition to the social networking platform, like six months ago, it was kind of like an aha moment for me. I'm like, this is, this is it, you know? Um, that's it. That's when I was like, this is what it's supposed to be. It's not just one thing. It's just a hub for early stage female founders to feel like they matter. Like their voice needs to be heard. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think from my perspective, looking at it from the outside in, it feels very organic. Um, and the connections feel organic and the way things are presented feels very approachable and accessible. And I'm sure that's what you're going for. Right. Um, but I think the other thing to note here is that you brainstormed and within 24 hours had a name and that kind of stuff, but you yourself said it was two and a half years in development. So people need to hear that too. It's like, depending on what you want to do, sometimes I know for myself, three, plus years into intentional optimism, I'm finally landing on what I really want to say it is. (laughs) It's not a philosophy. It's not a plan. Oh, it's a personal growth lifestyle. That's what this is. And it's based on these things and this is how it works. And so sometimes it takes that long and it sounds like a really long time for new business owners to say three years takes a re- that's a really long time from now. Well, maybe your new business isn't like mine. Maybe it's a little bit different and it will be much quicker. But I also didn't have the like-minded collective when I was in the process of all that. I had to go through my own stuff. So um, I think it's good to hear those kinds of things, but to understand that you hit that leadership realization, but then you took the action. Yeah, 100%. And 
it was exactly that. That's why I kind of pivoted like-minded to what I personally needed mm-hmm. because it wouldn't have taken me that long. If I had met with somebody who had experience talking to developers, I would have known the red flags to watch out for. And I would have saved myself about a year and a half. Um, you know, so if I would have spoken to somebody who had experience with growing a tech platform or an online business or a subscription-based business, people who can just get on a call with you for 15, 30 minutes because they genuinely care. That's Mm -hmm. where the value comes from. And it would have saved me a lot of time and money. However, I will tell you this, that all of that experience brought me to where I am today and I'm so grateful for it. Um, but if you would have told me November, 2019, that it's going to take me three years to build this thing, uh, I would have never started. I I totally hear you. (laughs) So it's better, but the, also the pivots happen because you talk to people who are using, excuse me, using your platform, you are having these conversations, you're doing market research, you're getting feedback from people who are currently using your platform. So it helps to launch early as early as you can and then adjust as needed because you really get that the most valuable feedback. Yeah. I think that's really, really important. I've, I started out with what I thought was going to be a big group coaching program and it's pivoted, pivoted, pivoted into a very intimate small space that I do for a different reason than I started with. And, um, you know, to get in there, it's, it's a little bit more difficult because it's small (laughs) and I keep it Mm -hmm. small because it's that specifically that way. So do you have a principle, a leadership principle by which you kind of function on a regular basis? Is there anything that kind of guides you in how you do your work? So I said, I have two kids and I'm pregnant and my husband travels. (laughs) So (laughs) I really just do what I can to be completely honest. Um, I do prioritize um, for starters, like I really, every single Sunday I lay out my list for the week and say like, okay, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do. There's things that have been on my Asana that I'd like keep moving one week down, one week down because they're not priorities, but it's just, that's basically my strategy right now. Yeah. I love that. I mean, doing what I can, I think speaks volumes about the amount of grace that you give yourself and about the expectations that you have of yourself. But it also means that what you do, you probably give 100%. Yes. And there's certain things like I do, like I said, like weekly tactical workshops where I bring on an expert. That's non-negotiable. I have to be there. Um, I have to send out the emails for that. I have to kind of pick people to teach. So there's things that I have to do and I have to do well because it's not just, it's not for me, it's for everybody else, Right. right? If something is for me, like, I've been meaning to, you know, record a welcome video for my website three, four months ago. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, things like that kind of get um, put on the back burner until I have more time. Well, but that tells you what's really important. It's right. The community is what's really important. And the way you do that and showing up for that is really important. Um, So I love that doing, doing what you can. Um, And a lot of, a lot of us female business owners, we need to hear that. Um, do you have a habit or a ritual other than that Sunday? Cause I do that Sunday planning thing as well. So, um, Sunday afternoon is I even make my husband participate <laughs> because, you know, it's like, we need to know who's, do you have me- meetings in the evening? Do you have, I mean, so what is a ritual or a habit that you have that kind of keeps you focused? Um, it's so my husband travels like four weeks at a time, usually four to six weeks. 
And when he's home, there's a little bit more structure as far as things that I'm able to do. So fitness takes priority. Um, and I feel like that makes me such a better business owner because it also forces me to step away where now I'm like, I can't really go work out. Cause I have to get my daughter and this, like I have an hour. Okay. I'm just going to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I'm like, okay, I have a two hour chunk. I can go work out. My husband can pick up our daughter from school. Then Annie's home, like all this stuff. So fitness really becomes like a habit that I schedule that helps me just in business and life and everything. Oh yeah. I was listening to somebody else this morning about how just getting a workout in changes so many things about your day. And um, even if it's just 15 minutes, whatever you can do, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's like you said, sometimes it's just 15 minutes to an hour. Sometimes you can go like a two hour block and probably do a class or whatever, but um, yeah. Okay. Those are really good. So um, you mentioned a minute ago, uh, all the red flags that you wish, you know, you could have seen. Um, and on here, we like to talk about how we can encourage people. I love the fact that you would take somebody off or saying a negative word. It's like, yeah, this is my kind of lady. Um, so how can we encourage women to look for green flags in themselves for either doing something, just stepping out on that limb, like you have done, um, as a female founder or, um, or maybe I could ask too, is it something like that? Or would you rather talk to, the, the, the woman who thinks they could be an entrepreneur, but just doesn't, doesn't know where to start. I mean, what would be the green flags? Yeah. I mean, the number one thing that I wish somebody would have like really honed in is don't be afraid to reach out to people. So find somebody who is doing what you're doing and ask them to connect. And like, I had somebody reach out to me. She, um, has a clothing brand. She has a TikTok following, but she wants to build community. And so she was like, I love what you've built. I love that you've built this community. Um, are you able to hop on a call and kind of like, give me some tips? And I'm like, of course, like, I would love that, you know? So I recommend people just reach out. And if somebody says no, for some reason, then that's fine. Reach out to somebody else, you know? Um, But as the person being asked, I also have to really like, my time is valuable too. And so I'm not going to say yes, if I don't have time. However, I will say, if I couldn't do that, I would say, Hey, give me your email. I'll give you some like bullet points Mm -hmm. that I can send you. Um, But I think 30 minutes to help somebody. And then you have somebody who knows about your business too. So just look at it as like a sales call. (laughs) <laughs> it's good practice too, right? You know, um, yeah, so, just don't be afraid to reach out to people. Yeah. And um, so what would they look for in themselves to kind of encourage them to do that? I think nobody likes rejection, right? I think that's where it boils down to where you just, you're scared of how people are going to act, but I mean, I'm going through the same thing. I'm trying to reach out to investors. I'm having such a hard time just sending an email, right? Um, But I think once you send your first one, it's all going to get easier. And just know that, just look at it as your time, right? If you send out this one email that takes five seconds to send out, then you're saving yourself a year, two years, like looking back, you're going to be like, I'm so glad that I sent out this email or these 10 emails because I was able to really launch a business that I never thought would 
be launchable or, you know, raise funds that I never thought I could be able to, um, or just get the support of somebody. And then they end up being your mentor, or your advisor. I mean, relationships could just flourish from that in general. Oh, that's a really good point. You never know what your next connection is going to bring. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, obviously you don't go into it just asking, right. You offer as well, but um, I think those are some really good points. So the best place to find you is the like-minded collective. Yes. So like.minded.collective on Instagram and the platform is likemindedcollective.com. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I am there. And, um, and your feet is so pretty, everything. It's so soft and it's like feminine and yet strong. It's really pretty. Um, so before we close out, um, once people sign up, I mean, it's like, why offer a freebie? It's like, you've got everything that you do right now is available. And so we will include all of your links that you've shared with us in the show notes. So they're easy to click on. And um, again, um, I'm a member and um, you said even my, my VA, the, the world, the woman that works with me, she's also joined because I share yeah. it with people and it's like, you should check this out. It's really kind of cool. I haven't been able to take full advantage of it yet. So I'm excited about doing that myself. But before we close, is there, if there's one thing that you could say, you're always optimistic about, even when people think you're crazy, what might that be? Everything will always work out. Like I really truly believe that. Um, and like my husband kind of is like, let's, I always come up with these crazy ideas. Like, Oh, I want to do this. So I want to do this. Like, how can I grow? How can I build? How can I do this? And he's like, okay, let's, let's maybe add that to the 2024 list or let's <laughs> add that to like the 2025 list. <laughs> um, but I am, it's hard to be optimistic 100% of the time. And that's just reality, right? right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I am very optimistic that everything will work out, that this platform is and will be the hub for women entrepreneurs to connect and be genuine. Um, So I've had my husband to kind of help me be optimistic during some days that have been not so optimistic, Mm -hmm. but I really... I'm just in general, a very positive person when it comes to the outcome of my business. So that helps. Well, I'm excited to see where it goes and I'm excited to learn even more when we speak um, in the guest speaker series. And if, uh, if you guys have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, that's where it'll be, but you'll see it on all our different social media outlets, et cetera. So you're going to want to hear more from Inbal, I'm sure. And um, is there anything I've left out? No, I think we covered everything. And I (laughs) (laughs) I I knew this was going to be your passion for helping women entrepreneurs is infectious. And I am so excited to see where you go. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right. What I tell you, instead of wallowing in the muck of not understanding exactly what to do, Inbal stepped back to look at the big picture. Now, if you were listening, you know that this is part of how she approached every job she had. I'll bet she's not just a good listener. She's a great observer. She decided to tackle the bigger issue of the lack of support for early stage female business founders and pull all the pieces together in a way that would support all of us. Y'all, Imbal embodies the tenets of intentional optimism. You see, we all live some of the tenets some of the time. They're universal concepts. I've just pulled together the ones I see as most important and pursue them, well, intentionally. So I like pointing out how each guest exemplifies them so that you can see where they show up for you. Because what we may do is different. Intentional optimism is how we do what we do. 
It's the attitudes and mindsets that we employ and embody to live out our own goals and dreams with excellence. In short, it's a personal growth lifestyle. Now, I think that Imbal is a fantastic example of this. She's clearly optimistic and wise. She knows her why and is intentional about what she's doing and where she's going. She's willing to step up and lead, trying new things until it works. But the two tenets that really shine through in her life are first, energetic. That industrious spirit, (laughs) constantly moving up, asking for more in every single position. Can I do more? Offering process improvement options, marketing solutions, always seeing the next thing, no matter the pushback. Did you hear that? As soon as I said, so did you get any pushback? She said, well, of course, every time, every single time. And yet she persisted. And the other one that really comes through, and I'm sure you heard this yourself, is present. Listening. That's the key to everything. Showing people they are more important by being generous with your attention will foster in them the love of your mission and your organization. The work that she does to highlight, support, and equip early-stage business founders is truly unconventional. She saw her own need and then realized that she not only had the ability to meet it, but that she could share that same resource with others. Remember, unconventional leaders lead at every level, in any area, using their unique gifts. Now, what aspect of Inbal's story inspires you? What part of this conversation impacted you the most? For me, it was her big why. She wants to make early-stage female founders feel like they matter. Because they do! Y'all, that's me! I'm an early-stage female founder. Her passion is to translate those feelings into connections and opportunities. How does that make you feel? Seen just a little bit? Maybe you're ready to truly get moving on your personal growth journey in order to figure out what direction you'll head. Whether or not you're a female founder, I don't know. But if so, let's chat. If you need a greater understanding of your own strengths and skills or just a gentle accountability group to keep you focused on what direction you do need to head, all of my information's in the show notes. Hop on my calendar for a 30-minute consultation and let's get strategic. Or you could just pop into Instagram or LinkedIn and shoot me a quick message. I know that you want to hear more from Inbal. She and I will be live the week that this episode airs on my guest speaker series. The link for my YouTube channel is in the show notes. So even if you don't catch it then, you can always check out the replay over there, which, by the way, is where you can find all the past guest speaker series. So you ought to just hop over there and subscribe so you don't miss any in the future, because some of them are not going to be tied to podcasts. You'll find Imbal's links in the show notes, and if you're an early-stage female founder, a woman who has or wants to start her own business, definitely sign up for the Like-Minded Collective. You literally have nothing to lose other than being alone. And what if you're not an entrepreneur? Well, maybe you have a friend who needs to hear Imbal's story. Share this inspiring episode with her. Then gift us a five-star rating and a review. Maybe even share that big takeaway from this conversation. That will help other women find this podcast and more unconventional leaders just like Inbal Claudio. Until next time. Oh, good. You're still here because I have one more invitation for you. My newsletter, Optimistic Living, is full of good stuff delivered straight to your inbox. So for weekly encouragement, tips, and even some special offers, hop over to my website and sign up because unconventional leaders lead at every level in any area using their unique gifts. And you, my friend, are a leader. 
You are the future of leadership and the role models for future generations.